it is so lovely to be with you today in your living room, in your kitchen, in your garden, wherever online church is for you these days. And thanks for tidying up. A bit of pre-online church tidying up. Anyone else do that? <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, this side of the camera, by the way, looks lovely. That side, you can use your imagination. Pretty sure it might make you feel better. But yeah, I am really excited to share this message with you today as we've been journeying through the letter of Philippians with Paul. He is in lockdown, in prison or house arrest. And actually, that's really helped me, I don't know about you, have a different perspective as I, as I read this letter. And it's a particularly lovely passage today because he is in, as he's writing this letter, he's not with his church family. He's missing them and he loves them and he really wants them to know that. And so it's quite a sweet passage. And he's challenging us, definitely it's challenging me to ask if I'm loving my church family the way that he seems to love his. And the suggestion is ultimately that if we stick together, then standing firm in our faith and through things will be that much easier when we face tough things or when we face time apart. Hopefully it'll be a wee bit easier. And how have you been? How have you been finding this whole thing? I've spoken to a lot of people who are absolutely loving it. They are loving the extra time and the different pace. They've taken up a new hobby or they're finishing a project that they never have had time to before. And I've spoken to a bunch of you who are really not loving it. It's, it's really hard. And you're maybe feeling lonely or you're facing health issues or finance issues. It's really difficult. Or maybe you're in the middle somewhere. I think that I've been on what we are calling the Corona Coaster. Definite ups and downs. Some days I'm elated. I love it. I'm having a great time with my family, the walks, nature, beautiful. And then the next day I'm rock bottom. Usually a bad homeschooling day, to be honest, but it's really tough, isn't it? And but life beyond this particular challenge, COVID, is, is still going to have stuff. It's still going to have difficulties, things that are going to be thrown in our way. And how are we going to stay and stand firm in our faith? How are we going to stay united as a church through all the ups and downs of life? Well, let's read and find out. So it's Philippians 4.1 and it's in the New Testament near the back there, and I'll read it just now. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. It's short and sweet. It's quite sweet though, isn't it? It's, it's a leader who, who genuinely is missing his, his people. I like it. And the sense of him not being with them is really obvious. And he, he wants them to know that. And he wants to encourage them to know that. But say, I really miss you guys, by the way. 
I was wondering how many letters they might have sent back and what they might have said. But So how can we do this? So how can we stay steadfast and united? Well, Paul said to love and long for. Hold your gaze. So Ali and I, Ali's my husband. Ali and I have been married for <laughs> 14 years. Yes, I still have to look inside my ring to remember the date that we were married. Yes, we both forgot our anniversary a couple of weeks ago. Yes, we both love each other very much. And yes, we've done the marriage course. Okay, happy? <laughs> Should we move on? And when we were getting ready to get married, we had some marriage prep, a really sensible thing to do. And the advice we were given was to try this exercise, which was to have a staring contest. No, not the who can blink first or who laugh first kind, although that is fun too. But the stare into your eyes longingly in silence for four minutes kind. Yeah, I know. It's awkward. But what happens is basically you start out in a quiet space doing this staring and I, I pretty much start off giggling because it's awkward. I'm not romantic. Remember, the forgetting of anniversary. And then I probably start to talk because I've forgotten. I've, oh, I've got to be quiet. And all of a sudden what happens is everything else around you blurs as you focus completely on the face of the person you love. You start to see wrinkles and lines and flaws and hairs and spots and everything. You start to see everything. You see the great stuff as well, by the way. And you'd think that might put you off, but actually you, you see all of it and it's wonderful and you love this person so much and you're gazing at them and you feel more connected, you feel more together, you love them. And I think that's, it strikes me maybe that Paul feels like that about the church. He, he's journeyed with them through stuff, through challenges. I mean, the next passage is suggesting there's two women in church that need to sort some stuff out. There's definitely ups and downs for this church as with any, and he's he's been through that with them but he still loves and longs for them, regardless of the flaws. And it's the same way, I think, that Jesus looks upon us. He looks at us and he sees it all. He sees the lot, the good and the bad. And he, he still loves us and still longs for us. And I, I suppose the challenge is this, though. I, I've spoken to many people who... The idea of church being like family is the biggest put off. No thanks. Because earthly family is, it's rough sometimes, isn't it? It's, it's a mess. It can be broken. It can be hurtful. It can also be home. And it can also be acceptance. And it can also be unconditional love. And I think Church definitely is all of those things, the, the whole bag. And I think I know what I do sometimes, I don't know if you've ever found yourself doing this, is I actually choose not to love, not to get close, 
not to open up because it's risky. It's actually easier not to. Paul's journeyed through this stuff with people, but he's still choosing to, to love them and long for them. Jesus does the same for us. And, and church is always going to be flawed. But my encouragement to us then, this just sounds a bit depressing, doesn't it? Sorry. But my encouragement to us then is to take the risk, to take the risk to gaze upon your church family, to love them. I'm not suggesting you go and longingly stare into their eyes, by the way. Don't worry, you're not, I'm not doing that with my church buddies. But maybe you could take the risk to love a bit more, to hold your gaze with them. Let's hold our gaze with our church family. Let's take the risk to love them more. And let's hold each other up. My joy. Henri Nguyen was a, was a Catholic priest and theologian, amongst other things. And he has this great quote I love. He says, Real care means the willingness to help each other in making our brokenness into the gateway to joy. I'm going to say it again. Real care means the willingness to help each other in making our brokenness into the gateway to joy. I really like that quote. I love the idea of the journey with somebody through, through the really tough stuff, through the rough stuff, through life all the way through to the other side, to joy. Unimaginable sometimes, but I'm sure you can think of times that's happened for you. How it must have lifted the church to hear Paul saying, you are my joy. It's an encouragement, isn't it? It's building up, it's holding up. I like to run, maybe the most overused phrase in a talk of mine, but you'll find out later. But anyway, I, I only once have done this thing. I've ticked it off my bucket list, but I once ran a marathon. I, I mean, I say ran, I, I ran the first 16 miles and then the rest of it, I hobbled, cried, walked, jogged, hobbled, cried, walked, jogged, hobbled, cried, walked, jogged until I got to the finish line. It was absolute torture. I'd prepped pretty well, I thought, but my hips, knees and diaphragm had a completely different idea. I mean, I got the hiccups for a whole day. Holdy, it's not good for you. <laughs> Don't do that unless you really want to tick it off your list. Don't recommend it. But what got me through, my point is indeed to get there, Kirsty, my what got me through that day was that the night before I really reluctantly ironed on a K-I-R-S-T-Y onto my vest. It was my running vest that got me through. Every time I wanted to stop, every time I felt like crying or was already, somebody would be there, a random stranger shouting, Kirsty, you've got this, woo! Go on, Kirsty, you can do it! Or my least favorite one, Kirsty, nearly there! I'm like, really? Am I really nearly there? <laughs> but that's another thing. But imagine, so these are random strangers that encouraged me so much that I was able to run, walk, hobble, cry my way through 26.2 miles. How much more can we as brothers and sisters in Jesus as church family and friends encourage one another? Are you cheering somebody on? Are you encouraging people enough? Are you journeying through 
something really difficult with somebody? Are you going to stick with them until they get to that place that's even a joyful place? Are you there saying, you've got this, keep going. I'm here for you. Paul was so proud of the people in Philippi and he wanted them to know that. Do we let each other know that enough? Who are you proud of? It's a huge encouragement. This whole letter is quite encouraging, in fact. So let's encourage each other more. Let's hold each other up. And my crown, Paul says, hold on to the end. Paul sees his, this church as his pride and joy. My joy and crown, he says. So I like running, see, so told you. And at the end of my marathon, I got a medal. And I was quite chuffed with my medal. I also got a nice t-shirt and some snacks. Um, but the medal was definitely not my biggest prize that day. I, I wore it for a couple of days, but now it's definitely gathering dust in one of our many messy drawers with the euros and the random keys and the box of children's baby teeth. I know, don't ask. My biggest prize that day was, again, not my, not my sprint finish either. I'd imagine this charts of fire slow motion moment. That didn't happen. But as I hobbled over the line through the finisher's tunnel, made my way to the crowd of faces, all of a sudden, a familiar face appeared. The one that I'd learned to gaze on, to gaze into. And Ali, my husband, was there. And... As we approached one another, he, he then embraced me and he said, well done, I love you. He was so proud and I sobbed, honestly. It was utter relief and it was like coming home. Isn't meeting Jesus just like that? Jesus is standing waiting for you, his arms wide open, and he wants to say, I love you, well done. Our prize and crown just now is our relationship with him. It's transformative. It's like nothing you've ever known on earth. And if, if you don't know Jesus yet, I'm going to give an opportunity in a few moments to, to say a prayer that means that you want to follow him, you want to get to know him, and you want to walk into his embrace. You want to hear the words, I love you, well done. And that's our prize now. And our prize, of course, not, not yet, but to come is heaven, the ultimate coming home. So in conclusion, standing firm in our faith sounds pretty difficult and, and there's plenty of life that's going to get in the way, distract us, knock us down, push us off course. But it's not something that any of us need to face alone. God spoke to me through my wheelie bin about that, as he does, right? So it was a stormy, stormy night, the kind of night that makes me wonder if my trampoline's going to bounce down the street. And I was organised. I had put my, my recycling bin out the night before. It's not very often that happens. But that time it was a mistake. It was a stormy night. And when I went down in the morning, I just wondered. I just wondered. And yes, my wheelie bin had been knocked over and there was rubbish everywhere. It was a disaster. 
And as I went picking up the rubbish, I was like, wait a minute, where's everybody else's wheelie bins not been knocked over? And my neighbours had the very clever idea of making a wheelie bin wall. Their wheelie bins were side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and they had stood strong through the storm that night. Isn't it a bit like life? The journey of life, the journey of faith is going to be so much easier for us. We'll survive the storms if we've got people standing shoulder to shoulder with us, side by side. So let's love and long for one another. Let's hold each other up and encourage one another. And let's hold on to the end with each other. And maybe you're sitting thinking, well, actually, I'm not even sure if I'm, I'm in God's family yet. Or maybe you've been away for a while. And I'm going to lead us all through a prayer now, or you guys specifically. That means you don't have to face anything alone ever again. And the button at the side, I'm not quite sure which side, is going to pop up that says, I commit my life to Jesus. And if you just press that, it just gives us an idea of, of who said that prayer today. And there's pastors waiting. They'd love to pray for you virtually, a, a typed prayer, or get in touch with us. Let us know that you've prayed that prayer because it is the best decision you will have ever made in your entire life. And we'd love to help you start that journey really well. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I have done some wrong things in my life. I turn from those just now and ask for your forgiveness, Lord. And maybe just take a moment to bring some specific things to him if you feel prompted. I believe that you died for my sins and rose again to life. I invite you into my heart and my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I want to follow you for the rest of my days. I walk into your embrace this morning, Lord Jesus. Amen.